We are on the cusp of a major social change. Do you feel it? Even if you don't, make no mistake, change is coming, and it is going to be unforgettable. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Hart, and here on Prime Spark, where we work with and on behalf of women over 55, I want to help you find that spark that will ignite your way forward, reflect your gifts to the world, and illuminate your path through this next stage of life. Through these podcast conversations, I hope to inspire you to see how you can make a significant contribution to some of the gnarly problems that are facing us right now. Join me, and together, let's discover our Prime Spark. Hi, and welcome to Prime Spark. I'm Sarah Hart, and I'm so happy you're here with us. Prime Spark is designed for women over 55 or close with a goal to help us all live our happiest, most fulfilling and productive lives now and in the future. The mission of Prime Spark is to change the way our society sees and treats older women. That's a big mission, which only means we all need to be involved and we need to get going now. And today I have the great pleasure of speaking with Wendy Green, a woman whose work I greatly admire. Wendy Green, host of the inspiring live show and podcast, Hey Boomer, is serving an important inspirational role for people 55 to 75 who are looking for ways to live meaningful, fulfilling lives. Her goal is to help people see that they are never too old to set another goal or dream a new dream. Graduating from University of North Carolina at Asheville with a degree in computer science, Wendy entered the computer field as a computer, as a programmer and moved into customer support at Digital Equipment Corporation. It was at Digital that she built and grew the U.S. Expertise Center. After moving to Maryland, she earned a certificate from Georgetown University in change management. In 2005, she started a kids' art business, an after-school enrichment program, and was recognized as the franchisee of the year in 2009. In 2013, she trained for and was certified as a life coach. Wendy served as president of the Reedy River Rotary Club in Greenville, South Carolina for two years. Along with all these diverse business successes, Wendy has raised two successful children and is a grandparent to four outstanding and lovable grandchildren. Besides her podcast, Wendy offers a six-week What's Next group coaching program to help people find their vision for the next chapter of life. Welcome, Wendy. I'm so happy you're here today. Thank you, Sarah. What a nice introduction. Well, that's you, lady. That's <laughs> what you've done. So, Wendy, just in getting started, let me ask you, do you experience getting older? And if you do, what is that experience? And if you don't, why do you think it is that you don't? Um, I love that question, Sarah. And um, yes, I do experience getting older. Um, you know, I think the first experience of it was a little bit of a surprise 
when I couldn't do some of the things that I totally thought I could in my own mind. Um, and over the years, I have realized, you know, getting down on the floor to play with those grandchildren that you mentioned, uh, it's a little bit more difficult to stay there and then to get back up. Um, some of the hiking that I love doing is not as easy, and I have cut back on some of that. So I do experience the getting older and realize that part of getting older means we don't stop, we just adapt. That is very well said. I agree with that completely. I think, too, um, I mean, one of my least favorite terms is anti-aging. Mm. Because to me, I heard somebody say once, and I and I just sort of adopted this. It's like anti-breathing. <laughs> it's like anti-breathing. Yeah. I mean, you know, anti-aging. The, the alternative must be that you're pro-diet because right? that is the only alternative. And so I love what you said about adapting. We just adapt. And we keep doing as many of the things that we want to do as possible, perhaps in a different way. But we, to the extent we can, we don't stop. Right, right. I, I totally believe that, Sarah. And you've been a role model for that with some of the things that you've done. Well, I hope so. And I hope that I am gracefully learning to adapt. Um, we'll see. It's, um, it's not easy. I mean, it's not easy to let no. go of stuff that you really have always done and want to do. but we'll That's see. right. It's not easy, but doing it gracefully, I, I like that too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do too. So you have had a wonderful and varied career and the different kinds of things you've done. So I want to talk about some of them, but one of the things I want to ask you first is about kids' art. I just love that. Tell us about that and how you got into it and how it went for you. That was so much fun. Um, I actually got into that. Um, I was looking for a, a business and I was investigating several of them. And I actually, my father was not quite in hospice yet, but had always been a businessman. And so he said, let me help. And so he started um, calling some people and asking the franchise owners about things. And we came to the decision that kids art was a great thing. And it it's a teaching children to draw by breaking things down into very small pieces, you know, like they tell you, you can't eat an elephant in one bite, right? You have to break it down into small pieces. And then we introduced them to materials these were elementary school children to materials that they would never have seen until high school. And we taught them how to use the Prismacolor markers and the chalk pastels and the watercolors. And, and parents would come in after the, the class and they would say, well, you drew this, right? They just colored it in. Like, no, they drew this. We showed them how, and they did it. So it was a, it was a wonderful program. I totally loved it. Um, like I said, I won the Franchisee of the Year award with that. And that was a big deal too, because that I did get um, after my dad passed. And just a sweet aside, Sarah, as I was driving to the facility to for the award show, and I didn't know I had won yet, there was a rainbow over the facility. And I just was like, oh, dad's here. Oh, so I love that, Wendy. 
I know. It was really special. Yeah. What did you learn from that, from the kids' art? I mean, the kids obviously learned a lot. What did you learn? I learned that I can draw. (laughs) I didn't know that I could be such an artist also. I learned how to use a lot of the materials that I hadn't used before. But I also learned, and this was a lesson we taught the children, that there are no mistakes in art. Because if you make what you think is a mistake, you can always turn it into something else. And what a wonderful life lesson, right? Because if you make a mistake or what you think of as a mistake in life, it's not the end of the world. You can pivot, you can change it, you can you know, adapt and modify and reinvent and all those wonderful things that we've learned to do. A mistake is not the end. You don't have to throw out the drawing, you don't have to throw out that part of your life. So that was a great lesson. That is a great lesson. You know, that reminds me, and I can't think of the word for it right now. What do you call it when you improv? Mm. Um, and it's sort of like saying uh, yes and rather yes, than eh? never saying no, you know, yes and. So it, that's mm-hmm. sort of, that would be a wonderful program for adults. It would be, you know, and I and I thought about that at one point to do it. Um, they're doing some of it now, like with the wine and drawing, wine and painting shops that you find around, similar to that. But um, I actually taught the course a few times at the senior living facility near here, and they loved it. Yeah. I think that would be because I have in my mind uh, that I cannot draw. I still draw the way I drew in first and second grade. You know, you have a house, you have a bush, you have you have windows, you have stick figures. Um, <laughs> and so in my mind, I can't draw. And I would love to do something that teaches me how to draw. So I can teach you, Sarah, because everybody can draw. Um, we have been programmed by our children, uh, our elementary school experiences where they said, you know, trees have to be green and the sky is blue and the grass is brown. And if you did anything different, you were wrong. Mm-hmm. And and we t- would tell the children that you're never wrong. You see it the way you see it. You know, it's, it's very different for kids because they're taught in school to do everything right so that you pass the test. And this is such a freeing feeling to say, you you're never wrong. You don't have you don't have mistakes. You just create what you see the way you see it. So I could definitely teach you to draw, Sarah. <laughs> oh, I would love it. So I, you may not be at a point in li- your life when you want to do it, Wendy. But if anybody's listening, I think you could take this concept and do it for adults because I think there are a lot of us who would love to be able to draw who for years have just heard the messages we heard in first, second, third grade. You can't draw. Right. Um, you're doing it wrong. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> so another thing that you have and you have now, and I'm I'm really interested in your what's next group coaching. So what are some of the main issues you hear from people in your groups? Yeah, so you know, so many of us, when we think about retirement, this is a message that we heard from our parents. And, you know, you retired and you relaxed. You just kind of sat around on the beach or at the, you know, 
pool or maybe you played golf, but you didn't really do anything else. And people are realizing now if they retire at 60, 65, even 70, they probably have another 20, 30 years of life ahead of them. And doing nothing uh, takes away your your feeling of purpose, your feeling of resiliency, your feeling of, of having a meaningful life. And so I get a lot of people that are struggling with, I've never thought about my purpose. I had a job, you know, it paid the bills, but a purpose? What does that mean? What am I supposed to do with all of this time left so that I feel meaningful? And they also feel like nobody wants to hear from them. You know, they feel invisible, right? When we get older, a lot of people don't think that we are technologically savvy or that our mind can process things as quickly. And yeah, maybe we're not doing them as quickly or Maybe we don't have the same skills as a 17-year-old looking at their smartphone, but we have a lot of skills and wisdom, and we have a lot left to give. I love the idea of, of finding ways to use some of the things that you thought of as a child that you wanted to do. For, for instance, for me, I wanted to be I wanted to be a broadcast journalist, but there wasn't women broadcast journalists then, you know, until Barbara Walters, but then I was already having children. So I now am getting to do broadcasting in a sense with the podcast. So I love that when people get to look back at their childhood dreams and say, what did you want to do that you had to put on the shelf because you you know, your parents said, well, you should study this and you need to follow the family legacy or you should, you should, you should. Now it's time to say, no, what I want to do is who I am. And that's what I'm going to follow is my passion and my purpose. I love that. Um, we lose that. We lose that really early. I mean, not everybody, but a lot of us lose that really, really early. We don't we don't actually have time to develop some of those early things that we had thought about. I mean, they don't even have a chance to develop. So mm -hmm. um, I love that you get people doing that again. You know, one of the things that you said that I'm fascinated with is we, and I can't cite this research right now, but you may be um, be able to, um, that we, no, we don't think as fast as we used to, but we think differently. That, and mm. we are able to think in ways that 17-year-olds that can't yet. Right. And so even though we can't do this as well, we can do this a lot better. And so um, in addition to having organizational wisdom mm -hmm. and uh, the ability, at least for some of us, to get along with people and build teams and so forth and so on, if you bring these two different skills that the 17 year old has and that, that I have together, um, that's dynamite. It is dynamite. And I'm starting to see some of that, Sarah, and some of the organizations, um, you know, co-generate is uh, cogenerate.org. They're really working on, on bridging that gap between the generations. And I'm so excited about that work because I know, and, and I, I imagine you were this way too. When we were in college, we were so passionate about 
we were going to change the world. We were going to save the world. You know, there was all the, and so the passion of youth is so exciting to be around. And then when you combine it with some of the wisdom and the big picture thinking that we have developed as adults, having lived through many different iterations of life, right? When you combine those two powers together, the passion of youth and the and the big picture wisdom of of older adults, I I think it's unstoppable. We do have work to do to bridge that gap to understand the different communication styles of the different generations. But I I'm so excited to see that work moving forward now. Oh, I love that. I I have um. You, I'm sure you have uh, the work that Sky Bergman is doing with mm-hmm. uh, intergenerational communication. And I'm really fascinated with that because um, it seems to me that um, the one of the ways that we're going to deal with ageism is through intergenerational communication. I remember, I think it was Sky who told me, but somebody told me that in their work, they found many, many, many young people who have no contact with older adults other than their parents and their parents' friends who, mm-hmm. um, because the families are so disparate now that um, they don't, they may not know their grandparents. They may see them once a year um, if they, if they still have grandparents. Uh, and so I think um, for all the reasons that you said, and also um, to help work with ageism, I mean, we, we have to, Deal with that very early because that gets inculcated into people very young. It is so prevalent in our society that they learn it very young. It does. And have you heard of the organization Generations Over Dinner? Yes, but I don't. Yes, I have heard of it, but I don't know anything about it. Say about it. Yeah, so that's an interesting organization also um, where they... They give you a guide for a facilitated conversation to have over dinner. And how many generations can you get together? So I started thinking about that. Well, there's me. (laughs) There's my kids. They're Gen X. Their kids, that's Gen Z. I'm missing the millennials. Who do I know that's a millennial, right? I'm missing the, what do you call them, the silent generation. So, you know, we also don't have a lot of conversations with the other generations. We all tend to segregate around people that are like us. And this work, as you said, Sarah, is so important to to combat ageism, to combat on both sides, right? So that the older people don't think the younger people are bad or lazy or addicted to their phones or whatever we think. And the younger people don't think that we are ruining the planet or you know we we don't understand them so i think it it works both ways i think so too and i i like the um one of, one of the things i'm wanting to start doing and i haven't started doing it yet but i want to is to do co-mentoring circles mm. um so that and i want to name it that so people understand we're it this goes both directions it's not Definitely. only people mentoring younger people it, it's co-mentoring you should do that with some of your circles. You should have. Yeah, the banter that I started, I'd like it to be multi-generational. 
And I mean, there's so much to learn from each other. There really is. I, I mean, I talked to my oldest granddaughter who's 18 and, you know, I said, so what does this mean? <laughs> what is this acronym? And how do you do And like, when I text, am I supposed to put a question mark at the end? Because I never see any kind of, you know, uh, uppercase, lowercase question, anything in your texts. Uh, no, grandma, we don't do that anymore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I so, Wendy, you do, as you said, you're doing, um, in a way, you're doing journalism, uh, you know, broadcast journalism now, telecast journalism now. Mm-hmm. So, how did you get into doing live TV? Because a lot of people don't do live TV. And how did you get into it? And what do you particularly like about doing it? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. So, yeah. So the show, Hey Boomer, is a live show before it goes to podcast. And what happened, Sarah, is when the pandemic hit um, in March of 2020, I was laid off. I'm always in training and development. That's always been my career. Um, And I said to myself, you know what? There's going to be a lot of people in our generation that are going to be hit hard by this. And we need, as a generation, we need to still feel relevant. We need to feel like we still matter. How am I going to help that happen? And all, all I knew to do at that point was a Facebook Live. And so I called a few friends and said, will you be my guest? I'm going to do a Facebook Live. <laughs> And I think the first live, I had like five people listening, and one of them was my mother. (laughs) Um, Since then, we're now into the third year, Sarah. I can't even believe that. I know. It's third year. Um, And so I'm now live on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And then we take the audio and put it out to all the podcasts. And what do I love about it? I love that I have met people from all over the world. I've met people like you that you're on the West Coast, I'm on the East Coast. We never would have met had it not been for the podcast that we both do. You know, I have met authors. I have met entertainers. I have met people that have traveled across the country on a bicycle. You know, just fascinating, fascinating stories that I'm so excited about every time. I can't believe I get to share this story with an author best thing in the world. I'm so grateful that I have been able to bring this. That would happen though, Wendy, with, with just with a recorded podcast. Hmm. What about live TV? Do you like? I mean, why did why do you choose to do that? Uh, okay, so that's how we started, right? right? With Facebook Live, that's how we started. And then what I'm finding now is because it's live. People can communicate with us. And so I'll get questions asked or I'll get somebody to, you know, in the comments to reiterate something that we've said, that the guest said to really make that point. Um, So it feels much more engaged because I'm, I'm talking to my audience as well as my guests and they're interacting with us. And that is so much fun. And in fact, in fact, I asked my audience at one time, you know, do you, you know, do you think it's hard for people sometimes to get on the call on the show every day at one o'clock on Mondays on, you know, one o'clock Eastern time? 
And they said, oh, no, 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 don't stop doing it live. You know, we want you to do it live. We love to be able to talk to you and see you. And so I guess I'm still doing it live. <laughs> well, I think there actually aren't that that many people doing it. And so um, it's sort of unique. And so I think that's wonderful that you're doing that. And people, yeah, have gotten used to it now and don't, don't want to change it. They don't want me to change it. And some people, you know, don't want to do live because it's scary. You know, what if you mess up or what if the guest just doesn't have anything to say but one word answers? <laughs> so, yeah, but it's great. It's so much fun. One of the things from doing the podcast I do, and this happens to me almost every time I do a podcast. I, I interview primarily women, not completely. I've had a handful of men. but. When I get off the podcast, so many times I think, oh, I really like her. I really want to get to know her. I mean, there are such fantastic, I will say women, because that's who I work with, women out there who are older women, over 55, many times much older than that, mm -hmm. who are interesting and doing fun things and are so engaged. And I really would love to be able to sit down and have a cup of coffee with them. Um, so I think it's very exciting. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great to get all of us women working in this space to, you know, go off together somewhere and just spend a few days? And... Oh, wouldn't that be fun? That would be fabulous. Oh, that would oh. be so much fun. We would have a ball. Okay, so that is a potential thing in the future. You ask people to um, have an, ha, get back in touch with their older, now with their new dreams. So what are one or two of yours? My new dreams? Mm. Um, well, one of my big dreams, um, we'll see if I achieve this is to visit all of the national parks. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So I've been slowly building that. Um, last summer I went to Glacier, the summer before to Yosemite. Mm -hmm. um, so that's definitely a big dream to visit all of the national parks. Um, to, to reach as many people as possible with this message, Sarah, you know, that we are never too old to set another goal or dream a new dream, to just recognize how important we are, to recognize our relevance, to make a difference in the world. You know, we as older adults, particularly women, I think we have a lot to give. And I really want to reach as many people to encourage them to believe in themselves that they can do that. Okay, Wendy, so this is what we need to do. Okay. We need to have a meeting of all of the women who are doing this work at one of the national parks that you haven't visited yet. So you have one you can mark off the list. There you go, Sim. I like the way you think. <laughs> <laughs> so you find a park and then we'll build a group. <laughs> so you have seen, I have seen you put out. Um, on several occasions to for people to think of their word for 2023. So, Wendy, what is your word for 2023? My word is connect. And in my graphic, I always make a graphic of my word. In my graphic, I'm connecting with friends and family. I'm connecting with nature. Um, I'm connecting with other podcasters 
and coaches so that I can learn from them. Um, I'm trying to do more networking. I'm, you know, what I realized, Sarah, was that I got so comfortable being by myself during the pandemic. I'm already somewhat of an introvert. And I realized as we get older, um, you know, being isolated is not good for our health, physically or mentally. And I needed to really work on building my support system and building my network. And so I chose the word connect to do that. And part of that is connecting with you. <laughs> I think that that happened to um, a lot of us during the pandemic, Wendy. I mean, not um, I don't I hate classifying people, but there really are differences between people who are sort of introverted and people who are sort of extroverted. There really are some significant differences there. And I definitely am more introverted. And so that whole sh shelter in place thing, that was fine for me. <laughs> I know, right? I didn't mind that at all. Uh, yeah. I'm glad we had Zoom. I would have been very Zoom. different without Zoom. And yeah. um, it's not easy now to convince myself to start going out to networking events. That's it. That is, that's not an easy thing to convince myself to do. It was never easy, right, to go to a networking event. <laughs> it's one of my least favorite things to do. And now, and and for those two, three, two, three, or whatever years, I had a good excuse not to do it. <laughs> I know. So now I'm trying to do them easy. You know, like let's go for coffee, a one-on-one. -on -one. I can do that. So, do you have a word for the year, Sarah? Brave. Brave. I love that. How are you doing, brave? I want um, to, I really want to spread the word, sort of just what you said, Wendy. I really want to spread the word about Prime Spark. I really want to help older women step out with all of their wisdom and skills and make a difference in the world in whatever large or small way they want. But the world needs older women's wisdom and experience so desperately right now. Mm -hmm. And um, I want to be braver and more willing to step out and make that happen. So we'll see. I know. Well, let's support each other in those words. Yes. Ah, that's great. Of all the things you've done, Wendy, and you've done so many different and wonderful things, what are the two things you're proudest of? Well, I think my two adult children, um, you know, they were two and four when their dad and I split up. And you heard all of the negative talk about children of divorce. They have done remarkably well. So I'm very proud of them. And I think also going back and getting my degree, I did not have a degree when I got divorced. And so, you know, I was a single mom in the computer lab, crying to my advisors because I said, I can't be in the lab all night. I have babies in the bed, you know, and I still graduated with honors. So I'm, I'm very proud of that. I'm proud of the U.S. Expertise Center I built. I'm proud of Hey Boomer. I mean, I guess there's a lot of things I'm proud of. You only asked for two. Sorry. <laughs> that's fine. No, that's fine. You have, you have a lot of things to be proud of. No, what's really interesting is, um, 
I don't always ask my guests that question, but when I do, a very large percentage of the time, no matter what amazing things they've done in the world, the amazing thing that they're most proud of are their successful adult children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's a big deal. To it is bring- a big deal. <laughs> and it's getting to be a bigger and bigger deal because I think um, that it's getting harder and harder for young people to grow up in this world. And so I think yeah. so, too. Yeah. But that was one of my goals was to raise good, caring, responsible adults. You know, that's that's what we're supposed to do as parents. And and you did it. And I did it. Yep. And they did it. We did it together. We were kind of a team, the three of us. We were grew up yeah. together. <laughs> yeah. Wendy, this has been delightful. If somebody would like to get in touch with you and find out more about your work and your group coaching. How can they get in touch with you? Well, the website is heyboomer.biz, B-I-Z, or they can email me at wendy at heyboomer.biz. So that is H-E-Y-B-O-O-M-E-R, right? Just hey right. Boomer, like it sounds. Okay. Heyboomer.biz, B-I-Z. B-I-Z, yeah. yeah. Not com, folks. Biz. Right. Biz. Not biz. So that's our time today. Thank you so much, everyone, for being with us. You can find our Prime Spark podcast on every popular outlet. Find out more about Prime Spark at www.primesparkwomen.com. Thank you so much to my guest, Wendy Green. It's been such fun talking to Wendy. And don't forget, you can find her at heyboomer.biz. Is that right, Wendy? Heyboomer.biz. That's it, Sarah. Thank you so much. Right. Thank you for being with us. Spread tolerance and love. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like to stay updated, you can head over to my website, primesparkwomen.com and get my free spark guide, Seven Questions to Ignite Your Spark to help you discover your own spark. See you in the next episode.